welcome to the Move with Love podcast. I'm your host, Bree Johnson of Heart and Bones Yoga. This podcast is a love letter to yoga teachers, talking about the parts of teaching yoga you probably didn't get in your teacher training. Like, what do you do about doubts, fears, and worries about your teaching? I've been teaching yoga and teacher trainings for almost 20 years, and let me tell you, I have been there. And each episode is a love letter to you, inspiring your teaching again and getting more confident in who you are as a teacher so that you can get out there and help more people. In this episode, we're going to talk about the inevitable mistakes that will arise as a yoga teacher. Because yeah, you're going to make them. I've made them. I will continue to make them because we're real and we're human. So we're going to have some big picture perspectives about it. And we're also going to have some tactile, real life, in the moment tools that you can do in your class when you do that inevitable mistake or freeze. So let's get right into this. I want to start here. Think about this. So have you had that experience where you're teaching your class right in the middle of things and then all of a sudden you freeze? You can't remember the cue for the pose you're talking about or maybe you can't even remember what you're going to teach next. And quite often when that happens, it feels like there are two things going on in your head. There's the outward you, the one that's walking around saying the words, and then there's the internal you, a voice saying, no one is enjoying this class. Oh no, look at that person, they're not listening to me. Or, what was that right cue? Oh shit, I said right when I meant left. Wait, what was I going to do next? Where's my notes? And so on, and variations of that. And the pressure's on, and people are looking blankly at you, waiting for the next step in the class. So, what do you do? What do you do when you freeze in the middle of a class? (laughs) And here are some of my favorite tricks of the trade that have worked for me over the years. But first, what I like to do is look at the big picture. For me, I find it really helpful to zoom out and gain some perspective about what it means when you panic in the middle of a class. So first, let's look at the role of a yoga teacher. And in this case, it's more about what you are actually doing in the real life moments of teaching in front of a class. Because so much of our job as a yoga teacher is standing up in front of a room of people and talking to them for an hour or longer. It's basically public speaking and not many people find it easy to do that at first, which really is understandable. When you can remember that comfort in public speaking takes time, practice, then it really can start to take some of the pressure off for you. You're not going to be a natural, most people aren't going to be natural and comfortable in front of a group of people staring at them. (laughs) And then here's another thing, the way I see it, it's important to view, view your role as a yoga teacher as a profession. Well, and if you haven't already, I hope. So that means you are a professional. And yes, you are doing this because you love it. And yes, you're teaching yoga because you want to make a difference. And yes, you might be brand new to the job or even have been doing it for years. But either way, you still have to show up like any other person does in their job and be professional. Let's talk about what professional means here. It means that you show up as yourself, that you're real, that you haven't adopted yoga teacher voice or yoga teacher personality. But it also means that it's the more professional version of yourself. You're real, yes. You'll probably mess up a few cues. You might even make a few jokes if that's your style. But it's your overall demeanor that is really still inherently professional. I call it professionally unprofessional. 
The way I see it, it's the sweet spot between being relatable, human, real, but also holding a specific space or energy with your body and your words. If you've ever seen Brene Brown do a talk, and if you haven't, she has a Netflix special, she's on YouTube, just search out Brene Brown if you're not already familiar with her. She's a perfect example of professionally unprofessional. You'll see that she's funny, she shares relatable stories, but she also holds herself with this really lovely ease and comfort. She seems to really strike the perfect balance of trustworthy and relatable. Trustworthy is her being calm, easy, confident, giving the perception of knowing what she's doing balanced with the relatable part of her, showing up in her personality, her sense of self, her stories, her humor, without going into oversharing, or even as simple as stuff like saying a lot of ums, ahs, uh, stuttering over her words. (laughs) And then there's the unprofessional yoga teacher, and I'm sure we've all experienced them at least once. They might have taught a great sequence, but their teaching dialogue was more like a self-absorbed monologue where they're oversharing things about their life in order to be more relatable. Here's an example someone once told me about an experience they had with a somewhat well-known yoga teacher who was a guest for their teacher training. This teacher sat down in front of the class the first morning, proceeded to tell everyone that they really didn't want to be there, that they have all this stuff going on in their life, and it really took everything that they had to to come to this class, and now that they're there, they really don't want to be there. (laughs) Well, and not me personally being there and experiencing and hearing this, I'll I'll give this teacher the benefit of the doubt, and... Maybe I'll I'll assume that they were probably trying to be real and human in front of the class. But what ended up happening is that they broke trust with a lot of the students in the training. Because really, no one wants to be led by someone who doesn't want to be there, especially in a teacher training. So for me, that's not professional. And the yoga world somehow allows these types of teacher behaviors to happen and even be normalized because it's yoga. And I get it. I've been there. You've probably been there. There's been many times I'd rather not be teaching a class due to different things going on in my life. But being professional means that you push that away for the time that you're teaching. You show up as best you can and support the people who have paid money to come to your class. And in that class, in those times where you're not really into it, but you're still showing up anyway, don't put pressure that you're going to be the most vibrant person and or the most vibrant version of your teaching self. Maybe you end up teaching a little bit more subdued, or maybe that comes out as a little bit more calm, quiet, but you really still have a job, a responsibility to show up without bringing your baggage into the class. It's called being professional. (laughs) So imagine this as a comparison for a doctor's appointment. I do not want my doctor coming into the room and confiding in me that they really don't want to be there and that they actually don't care about doing this. (laughs) Talk about not instilling comfort or trust. And I know we're not doctors, but I hope you can see what I mean about being professional. And here's something else that I've learned for myself over the years. I often find that the magic of yoga, the magic of teaching, which really means being very present when we're teaching, right? When you're up in front of a room full of people doing your work, looking around, leading the class, creating a certain type of intentional space, that 
hour, hour and a half of being fully absorbed and present in what I'm doing really often makes me feel better afterwards. But again, this takes time and practice to get there. And nobody can be Brene Brown overnight, right? That sense of professionally unprofessional ease in front of a group of people takes time. And my best advice, fake it till you make it. Even if it's your first class you've ever taught and you've never been more nervous in your life, pretend that you're not. Act like you know exactly what you're doing and eventually you won't have to pretend. And I can hear some of you saying right now, Brie, what are you talking about? Fake it till you make it? That's, that's really disingenuous. You told me that we have to be real and now you're saying fake it? Mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> I really am. In this case, absolutely. Because guess what? You are not pretending or you're not being somebody else when you're doing this. You're simply acting like your professional self. Another way to look at it is you're acting like the future you with more experience and comfort in teaching. And what you're doing then is inviting your future self into your present self when you're faking it and then eventually you make it. Do you see how that little reframe helps here? So in this case, fake it till you make it. Show up. Act as if you knew what you were doing. Act as if you, you know, if you're, if you're showing up, up to class and it's one of those times where some crazy stuff is happening in your life, but you still have to show up and teach. Act like nothing crazy is happening in your life. Hold that professional, loving, caring space for the people who are coming to your class. So there's the big picture. And now that we have that big picture view, I hope that gives some context to some of the more real life nitty gritty details that we're about to go into here during the times when you will most likely at some point freeze or panic in the middle of a class. Now we know we need to show up in that sweet spot, professionally unprofessional, where we're professional, but we're still ourselves, real and human, which means we're allowed to make mistakes in classes. It's true. You are allowed to make mistakes in your classes. And it's been almost 20 years as an example, and I still mess up my left and right sometimes. And I really don't feel like it's a big deal. I say left when I mean right. And guess what? I move on and the class is still fine. Because the profession of yoga, this act of teaching an asana-based class is inherently multitasking. Another skill like public speaking that takes time to get comfortable with. And for me, I found that the multitasking, the cueing, the walking around, looking at everyone, how they're moving, thinking about what's coming next, figuring out the right pacing for the class, how much time is left, and so on and so forth. You're doing all of this at once sometimes. All of that multitasking is what trips me up at times. And then there's going to be that inevitable moment of freezing and going, wait, what's next? my friends. Here are my go-to tricks when that happens. The first one is I hold myself on the outside as calm, as though I know exactly what I'm doing. Remember that fake it till you make it? And then step two, I pause. Because what I love about yoga classes, unless it's like a hardcore vinyasa class, it's perfectly normal to have everyone stop and pause between poses. If you've been teaching standing poses, for example, and you can't remember what you're going to do next, have everyone stop and stand in a relaxed Tadasana. Get them to notice their feet, their breath, how they are in that moment. 
Or if you're doing seated poses or other stuff on the floor, same kind of thing. They can pause sitting up, lying down. And the magic is they get to reconnect back to themselves in that moment. They get to find their breath. They get to find a moment of stillness. And you, you get to reconnect as well. You can stand there as if you absolutely planned this pause. (laughs) It was absolutely written into your plan and you can then take a few moments to recalibrate for yourself again. And in those few moments, you can look at your notes if you have them or simply take a breath to find your rhythm again. So really, that pause is a win-win for everyone. It's perfectly okay to do that. Even have everyone close their eyes or look at a spot on the floor. And again, that's your time. Recalibrate. Because here's what I've learned over the years. For the most part, people are going to trust their teacher in the yoga classes. They trust that you know what you're doing and are willing to go along with it. Most people do not arrive to class with a bad attitude, ready to focus on every word you utter or every pose you choose and judge it. Maybe there are some bad apples, but for the most part, that doesn't happen, which then gives you so much more space for grace. You can offer yourself that same grace and remember that if you panic or freeze, it's okay. Because guess what? The class likely did not even notice, and the next moment is a new moment to start again. But then, how about if it was a noticeable mistake or freeze, where everybody actually did see you mess up that pose or that saw that you forgot to teach the one side and you went ahead and did the next pose? that's okay as well. You're human. You make mistakes. You're going to make them in your classes. So it's more about how we handle them. Make your mistake, even if it's something as traumatic as farting in front of everyone. Whatever it is, make a little joke, acknowledge it in some ways, and then move on. Continue acting like nothing had happened, even if on the inside you are quietly dying from embarrassment or doubts. See? Fake it till you make it. Because remember, for the most part, people are willing to give you the grace of making mistakes. And if you continue on afterwards in that calm, professional manner, most people won't even remember because the class is not about you. It's about people tuning into themselves, their practice and their experience. And our role as a teacher, what do we do again? We help bring that awareness to themselves. So yes, you are going to make mistakes. And the moral of today's story or today's love letter is not focusing on preventing your mistakes or thinking that you'll finally be a good teacher when you don't mess up in class because a good teacher can and will still make mistakes. The reminder here is how, how we react to our inevitable mistakes. Can we carry on in the class and not let it change how we hold ourselves? Can we permit ourselves to show the people in our classes that, yeah, I made a mistake, I messed up a cue, I did it all wrong or did a wrong flow or whatever it is. And by you showing and being okay with your mistakes and not profusely apologizing or reacting and getting awkward about it, then really, if you show your comfort in a mistake then what you're also teaching them is that they have permission to make mistakes as well. Because that mindset of perfectionism is so prevalent in many different ways for many of us. 
because you know that there are also going to be people in your classes wanting to be good at everything. And you know there's going to be people in your classes who are comparing themselves to others in their room. So be comfortable with your mistakes, be professional, and give permission to others to make mistakes in their learning, in their own practice. Professionally unprofessional. I hope that helps. I hope those little real world cues and and tips of just pausing, putting people in child's pose or people in Tadasana, breathing while you recalibrate and reconnect and find your center again. I hope that helps you. But most, most and most of all, I hope this discussion about what professionalism is, what it means to show up as a teacher and, and maintain that space really helps you. So go ahead, my friends, fake it till you make it. It's some of the best advice I gave myself years ago as a beginning teacher. And it's really, really actually helps speed up that comfort of talking in front of people and whatever else you might struggle with as a teacher. Thanks again for being here, as always, with these love letters. I hope they serve you and help you be more happy, confident, fabulous teacher so that you can continue to make a difference in the world. And I'd love to have you come and join me over on the Heart and Bones website. If you go to heartandbonesyoga.com, we've got online courses and online yoga studio full of loving and sustainable approaches to yoga. Find me on Heart and Bones at Instagram, Facebook, all that other stuff. Leave a message with me, subscribe, rating, you know, all those things that we all love to help support each other in this learning. So see you in the next love letter, my friends.